O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, January 19th. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Yitro, and it means Jethro. Exodus 19, 1-6 Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Matthew 12, 
as Yeshua was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Yeshua, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Yeshua asked, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Later that same day, Yeshua left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Psalm 17, 
1 to 15. O Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer, for it comes from honest lips. Declare me innocent, for you see those who do right. You have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong. I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands, which keep me from following cruel and evil people. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from the wicked people who attack me, from murderous enemies who surround me. They are without pity. Listen to their boasting. They track me down and surround me, watching for the chance to throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions eager to tear me apart, like young lions hiding in ambush. Arise, O Lord, stand against them and bring them to their knees. Rescue me from the wicked with your sword. By the power of your hand, O Lord, destroy those who look to this world for their reward. But satisfy the hunger of your treasured ones. May their children have plenty, leaving an inheritance for their descendants. Because I am righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see you face to face and be satisfied. Proverbs 3, 33-35 The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. 4, 3, 2, 1 I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus 19, and then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 12 and 13. And in our Torah portion, Exodus 19, I want to zoom in on verses 5 and 6, where it is written, Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. And let me read one more verse, verse 3. Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. So, We want to take a look at who is God speaking to. Does this apply only to the Jews? Or is this a wider message for a wider group of people? And um, who is this kingdom of priests and this holy nation and this special treasure that God is calling his people? So he's talking to the family of Jacob. Who is the family of Jacob? Well, Jacob had 12 sons. And the twelve sons became the twelve tribes. That's the whole house of Israel. So one of those sons is Judah, also known today as the Jews. 
but there are 11 other sons, Benjamin and Issachar and Zebulun and Ephraim and Manasseh and Asher, Gad, all these other tribes as well. So these instructions are to the family of Jacob, to the whole house of Israel. It's not just to the Jews. It's to all of God's family, and the family of Jacob includes northern kingdom and southern kingdom. It includes the Jewish part of the nation of Israel and the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. So that's who this message is for. And God is calling this set-apart people, this remnant of believers, he's saying it's a conditional, if you obey me and keep my covenant. In other words, keep my Torah, because the Torah is a covenant. It's a marriage covenant. It's a relationship, a marriage relationship. Following the Torah and having the Torah written upon your heart by the finger of God is stepping into a marriage covenant. He's saying, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, then you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. So who is this kingdom of priests? Is it the Levite priests of Israel, the Jewish Levite priests, or is it something more speaking to a wider audience? Let's cross-reference that to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And this is speaking to um, those who are believers in Yeshua as Messiah. So that's who the you is. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, the believers of Yeshua as Messiah, a holy nation, his own special people. Verse 10, who once were not a people. Remember Hosea chapter 1. Hosea married Gomer, the harlot, and then they had children. And one of the children, the name of that child means not my people, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy. Remember, one of the other children's names means uh, God will have no mercy, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So this is a direct remez hint or um, a drash hint A drash connecting us back to Hosea chapter 1, and the whole book of Hosea is written to the northern kingdom, to the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. So basically, the chosen generation and the royal priesthood includes all, the whole house of Israel, both northern and southern kingdom, those who are in followers and believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. Once you, you make that commitment and you step into that marriage covenant, you become part of a chosen generation. You become part of a royal priesthood and a holy nation, and you become his own special people. You belong to the family of Jacob. Now I want to jump into Matthew chapter 13. And in this chapter, Yeshua goes through the parable of the sower with the four different kinds of soil. 
we're not going to um, delve into that so much, but I want to go into um, an explanation that Yeshua gave. Well, he starts in verse 11 and he says, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. So parables are a way of locking up the deeper meaning and hiding it, like burying treasure deep in the ground. And you have to go digging for it. It's not lying on the surface. It's not at the Peshat level the surface level. You have to go digging for it. So a parable basically hides the deeper meaning. So if somebody is a casual reader, they're not going to get the deeper meaning unless they're led by the Spirit and they have the Holy Spirit as their teacher. He goes on to say, "This For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. Verse 14, This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Now, there's a lot of discussion in the world out there about those who are awake and those who are asleep. And the ones who are asleep don't get it and are in denial and don't understand, for example, that the jab is a bioweapon and that many, many, many people are dying and many, many, many people are having adverse reactions and it's causing disability and heart attack and stroke and myocarditis and All kinds of problems causing autoimmune deficiency syndrome. And so those who are awake don't drink the CNN Kool-Aid and look for alternative news sources and do their own due diligence and their own research and uh, they're awake. They use that term awake versus asleep. Or those who are asleep are following the woke culture and the woke politics of the day. So this term of awake and asleep, it really is capturing something spiritual. And so those who are asleep, this passage explains why they're asleep. They're asleep because, and their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear. Why? Because their heart is hardened. And because their heart is hardened, their ears cannot hear, and their eyes are closed, and they cannot see, and they cannot hear. So this gives us a big clue as to how we can pray for loved ones and family members who are asleep. So I want to cross-reference this with a couple of other passages. One is from Romans 13, verse 11, where it is written, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And so that's a scripture that we can pray for people who are asleep. We can pray Romans 13, 11 over them. 
and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, out of spiritual sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And then there's another cross-reference scripture I want to share from Ephesians chapter 5, verse... I will start with verse 13, but verse 14 is the punchline. Ephesians 5, 13. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ, Yeshua, will give you light. Now when you think about it, when do most people sleep? Most people sleep at night when it is dark. And then in the morning when it starts to get light, normally you just naturally start to wake up. As the light starts to shine through the window, you wake up. So sleeping happens at night in darkness. So now let's look at our final passage and keep in mind there are people who are spiritually asleep. And there's a great spiritual darkness that has come across the land and across this nation and across all the nations of the earth with this curtain of tyranny and oppression with forced mandates, forced quarantines, forced jabs with a bioweapon. So the, the darkness is descending rapidly upon all the nations of the earth, and many people are spiritually asleep, and they're going along with what the tyrants are telling them to do. So now, keeping that in mind, let's read Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 4. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see... All they gather themselves together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. So this passage is describing a gross darkness that comes upon the earth. But then light begins to shine, and it's the light of Yeshua. And it's his light shining in and through his people. And that light brings forth the glory of the Lord. And because the light begins to shine in the darkness, Gentiles shall come to the light. How is this going to be fulfilled? Time will tell, but I do believe it will happen. It will happen. And so we can continue to pray for those people in our lives that we know and love and care about who are asleep. They are spiritually asleep. And we learned that one of the reasons why a person could be asleep is because they have a hardened heart. So we need to pray that that hardened heart, the heart of stone, would be removed and they would be given a heart of flesh, that they would repent and turn from their sin and turn to the God of Israel, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, turn to Yeshua and have a new heart be given to them 
and that the Torah, the living word of God, would be written upon their heart, and that they would awaken from their spiritual slumber. This is a good way to pray. So, also we want to have the soil, the fourth kind of soil, the kind that's fertile, that's plowed, and that when the seed, the word of God, lands in our heart, that that seed grows and multiplies 30, 50, and 100 fold. We don't want to have the soil heart condition where there's thorns and thistles that chokes it out with the cares and the worries and anxieties of this world. Or we don't want to have the soil where there's rocks and stones and then at first the seed lands and there's great joy, but then as soon as persecution comes, they fall away quickly. No, we want to have that fourth kind of soil. So, Father, we pray that you will remove any thorns and thistles and weeds, remove any rocks and stones out of our hearts so that the seed, the Word of God, will find fertile soil that is plowed so that there can be an abundant crop with a 30-fold, 50-fold, or 100-fold harvest as the seed, which is the Word of God, is planted. We thank you, Father, that it, it was in your mercy and in your grace and in your kindness that we are awake. We're not asleep. We have awoken from our spiritual slumber. We are wide awake. We are listening. We say to you, speak, for your servant is listening. We are ready to receive and to hear your orders, your task, your assignment that you have for each one of us. Speak it to our hearts. Reveal it to us, Lord, so that we can walk in obedience to the assignment that you have for each one of us in these days that we are now living in. We thank you, Father. Each one of us has a crucial, critical, important role to play, an important assignment to do. May we be obedient to do it and to do it with joy and to do it with all of our heart as unto you. Yeshua, you are our King. You are our soon coming Savior and Lord. We love you. We bless you. We praise you this day in Yeshua's name. Amen. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.